Welcome to the Redeemed Vision Podcast, where we bring sight to the blind and freedom to those enslaved by our pornified culture. Here, we dive into hard but important topics such as pornography, sexual identity, true freedom, real love, and living marriage well. Go deep with us as we uncover what Redeemed Vision means for each of us living in the world today. Come to know yourself, the power of redemption through Jesus Christ, the joy of laughter, and how to live in gratitude and wonder. This is Redeemed Vision. Welcome to another edition of the Redeemed Vision Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Picorni. This is an outreach of Freedom Coaching, where we are setting the blind free from darkness. It's an honor to have with have you here with us today. Uh, it has been, if you've been a fan of the podcast or follow the podcast, um, we've had a little gap between uh, our own podcasts. I've been uh, partnered uh, and, and part of some other podcasts. Been summertime, been spending time, some time with, with family, Doing a lot of various um, various uh, opportunities uh, to to relax a little bit, but also various projects which will be uh, coming out soon. So stay tuned for those. Uh, before we get into our episode today, just to uh, to kind of pay some bills here and spread some more. First is if you're looking for a way to live your Catholic faith to the full, then you need to check out Catholic Casts. This is a collection over two decades of Catholic conferences that can't be found anywhere else online, and you're sure to be enriched. There's a very low cost of $9.95 a month, and you're going to be able to um, be able to develop the gift of yourself and also discover very practical ways to live out the will of God in your life. The links below, it's also on CatholicCasts.com. That's one C in the middle. You can get started today. Also, a new partner for our um, sponsor, shall we say, for the show is Bridge Comics. And um, most of the time, Christian media uh, t- seems to offer uh, very subpar products. They don't appeal to a wide audience. So Voyage Comics, and I've read them, uh, they're spectacular stories, they have comic books, they have uh, young adult novels, they have uh, some uh, nonfiction work as well, a whole lot of things there. This provides amazing stories, they're uh, rooted firmly in the Catholic faith, and anyone can pick them up and enjoy this is especially good, uh, a lot of them for for youth who are interested in graphic novels and interested in the Marvel-like kind of fantasy stories. Um, this is more rooted, especially with a lot of saints, and it's really, really well done, beautiful artwork. So I encourage you to click the link below to this world of awesome stories, and that also helps to support the work of the Redeemed Vision podcast. As I mentioned, this is an outreach, the Redeemed podcast is an outreach of Freedom Coaching, which is a one-to-one mentoring system designed to break the attraction to pornography and unchain behavior in both men and women through a transformation of uh, mind, heart, and vision. And um, Christopher Clark uh, from Nottingham, Pennsylvania, uh, he writes as he had ju- has just finished our work, um, in work he was doing with his coach, he said, because wh- why is freedom coaching worth it? It's, it can help enact real change in a person's life. When, if they were left to their own devices, they would remain stagnant and nothing would change in their fight against pornography compulsions. And this is just one of a myriad of stories of those who are being set free and staying free. And it's beautiful. So we encourage, don't quit, be transformed, break the power of pornography. Check out freedom-coaching.net. And if you like also what we're talking about here, um, an opportunity to get to meet some of the team um, is we offer one, about once a month something called Redeemed Healing, where we invite people to come do healing prayer. It's one of the gifts that we have on our team um, we're, because we know that we live in a very uh, a broken world, uh, a pornified culture. A lot of the wounds go very deep. And so we want to in- introduce you to a guy by the name of Jesus Christ who wants you to be set free. And so those are some powerful things that cost to them, but we do need to know that you're interested. So head to our website, shoot us a message, let us know that you're interested. We'll get you on our mailing, on our emailing. You can uh, be aw- uh, be alerted to when those are coming next. And then also we do have a foundation, Freedom Coaching Foundation Incorporated, which uh, raises money to support efforts like the Redeemed Vision Podcast, helps to provide scholarships for those who are interested to be free from the pornified culture, to deal with their wounds on a one-to-one mentoring basis, and also other projects 
that are we are working on that are worthwhile spreading the gospel of freedom in Jesus Christ. Um, and so I encourage you also, where, whatever platform you are listening to this, please like, click, subscribe, share this, get the word out because this message is critically needed. Now, onto our topic for today. You might notice that there's something wrong in the world with, uh, with media. It doesn't seem that uh, it's giving you the whole story, as Paul Harvey of Rio fame would frequently say, now for the rest of the story. And if we're not getting the whole story, we're being lied to. And I don't know about you, I don't like to buy you about the truth because I know the truth can set me free and set you free. So our next guest has been helping his audiences get the whole story and the picture for many years now. His name is Patrick Coffin. He's an author. He's the host of the Patrick Coffin Show podcast. It's heard weekly in over 100 countries. We're working on that here. Um, he's the co-founder of Hope is Fuel. And he'll talk about that today. He's the former host of the popular national uh, show, Catholic Answers Live. That's where I came to know him. He's the co-founder of Truth Over Fear Summit series. Patrick was born and raised in Nova Scotia, now American citizen. Congratulations, uh, Patrick. Coffin has been uh, interviewed in thousands of top influencers in the wide variety of uh, backgrounds, such as Dr. Jordan P. B. Peterson, which many of you listening to this are aware of, um, presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Kevin Costner, Jose Feliciano, Dr. Peter McCullough, Milo Yalanopoulos, and Raymond Cardinal Burke, Harry Connick Jr., and many, many more people. He lives in Southern California. But right now, he's with us on the Redeemed Vision podcast. Welcome, Patrick. Hey, Steve. Great to see you again, sir. Thank you. Great to see you. How are you doing today? I have delusions of adequacy. <laughs> please please laugh I'm, at my I'm, lame I'm, joke. Well, I'm doing well. Uh, you are. You are a, you are a dad. I'm a dad. So we might have mm -hmm. plenty of those jokes coming up on the program at some yeah. point. I have so, a, only only have a million of them. Keep them keep them rolling. And we're gonna have to we're gonna have to trade those barbs. Uh, perhaps I'll have to. Maybe you can throw me your best one at, at some point here. So, <laughs> um, so let me let's let's take let's come back here because I, I think one, one of the things that we love to do here on the Redeemed Vision Podcast is get, is get people uh, get our audience to know the guests that they're, they're meeting, right. Who, who's coming on here? Because I think, um, sometimes when we're, when we're interviewing, you know, of this obviously being in India, you're talking about a, a specific, uh, subject with an expert. Um, we don't really get to know them, right. They're very uh, educated, but what, what's in the camera there? What's, what's, what's there. So I want to take people back, right. Uh, take people back. You grew up in Nova Scotia, grew up in Canada. Um, and this obviously our, our, our background influences where we're coming from. So what was life like for you growing up? Oh, great, great opening question. Uh, life for me growing up was, uh, a combination of idyllic. I, I grew up in a beautiful part of the world. No, uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada on the Eastern seaboard seaboard. Uh, my mother was a Protestant until 1980, um, which is the same year my father got sober through God's grace and, and AA, uh, my dad died about six years ago, um, 38 years of sobriety. Uh, he drank pretty heavily until I was about 16 ish. Um, a lot of graces happened as he came to, to, um, embrace the 12 step lifestyle and give his life over to care of God as it, as he understood him as a Catholic, that meant, you know, the fullness of the Catholic faith. Um, this is the time where there was no catechism. Uh, this is the cusp of we're so 10, 10 or 20 years after the close of the Second Vatican Council. So the church in Canada, as everywhere else, was in, in a bit of turmoil. Um, there was no solid true north for Catholics in the pew. Um, and so the, the splinterization of the church that had kind of began in earnest in 1968 when Humana Vitae, the, the great encyclical on and contraception was was ignored and a kind of truce was made it was kind of every man for himself and uh i had a a true convert uh, i suppose i put it this way that the, the gifts of my baptism and confirmation were were opened at a retreat when i was 16 and i had an encounter with jesus christ and i knew that he was my savior and he had a plan for my life so i promptly went out to the local catholic university to find out more about how to explain all this to other people and after four years of pretty hard left feminist, modernist ideology slash theology, I was an effective agnostic. So the seed definitely fell on rocky ground in my life. And I spent my, my years drifting. Um, I was a professional actor. I was 
always artistically inclined. And um, I just discovered that I was smarter than all the God stuff that I'd, I'd fell for in, in my teen years. And the Lord in his mercy, let me run, let me, let me run away. And it wasn't until I made a real, really my first heartfelt prayer that I got the grace of, of faith. And by that same grace, I've never, um, never wanted to be anything else but uh, a follower of Christ as a Catholic. And I got this verse. Now, I didn't, I didn't get it like an inner mystical location. I'm not a mystic or a prophet. But this line ran through my head as I was praying at the end of a breakup of a difficult relationship. Um, if you seek me with all your heart, says the Lord, I will let you find me. I did not know that was from scripture, but that's Jeremiah 29, verse 13. If you seek me with all your heart, says the Lord, I will let you find me. The key line for me as, as this line from scripture uh, rang in my heart was with all your heart. Because before mm. my, my initial reversion slash conversion was more above the neck. It, it had an emotional comp component to it, but it wasn't, it wasn't um, much beyond God as a problem solved. It wasn't really God as my my father, who has counted every hair on my head, who knows all about me, who's um, the one who's allowed in the case of bad things and ordained in the case of good things, all the things in my life. So that was the big, I call it the chip replacement, going from God as a real force of, of uh, creation and the creator to the father. It's kind of like, I don't know if you know, I've spoken about this, Steve, but the difference between believing yeah. in God, namely assenting to the creed, agreeing with the magisterium, that's one thing. But it's another thing to trust God when the wheels are falling off or when you get uh, you get whacked by an unexpected life trauma. That's, that's when faith really becomes exercised. And I know we're going to talk about other virtues in this conversation, like chastity, where you're, you know you're being chased when you're experiencing sexual temptation. You know, you know you're exercising the virtue when you want to throttle the guy you know you know <laughs> you know it's courage when you're scared mm -hmm. so um all all those flow kind of flowed from my my adult reversion um in my 20s and that's when i discovered archbishop fulton sheen my personal um spiritual father uh the writings of uh, all, all the lists that you and i can probably finish each other's sentences from yes. uh, dietrich von hildebrand to c.s lewis frank sheed my gosh, it's a long list. Chesterton, of course. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, so so Eastern Canada, I kept trekking west. I went to McGill University of Montreal, uh, became um, equipped to teach high school. I ended up eventually got a master's degree in theology at Franciscan University of Steubenville, um, was recruited by a Hollywood film company to write and to develop scripts for uh, movies and television. And that's when I auditioned for Catholic Cancer's Live. So I've, my poor mother complains, and, you know, you leave Nova Scotia to the West even further, you know, so here I am. <laughs> so much to go up on. And, and clearly, if anybody who's watching this, you're clearly not Catholic at all. You have no formation whatsoever um, and nothing to say on that, on that, on that topic. What? No, it's, um, it, <laughs> it's, be, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And, um, and again, we all have our, our life journey and your journey is, is certainly one to share. And, and, and for, and I've been aware of you, I've, I've known of you, uh, obviously had, uh, several, um, personal conversations with you, um, over the years. Um, but, w but within this, um, and never seeing your your journey quite like this. This is uh, this is beautiful. And I, so I want to I want to go back here even even more because you, you've mm -hmm. mentioned especially growing up, your father is an alcoholic, right? You're growing up in a home like this. because um, one of the things we we've talked about and I mentioned to you um, off air before we went live here, um, talking about how our wounds oftentimes influence us and, and move us into the path that, that God wants us to do here, right? The the mm -hmm. the, the the darkness. Uh, or the 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 shadow only proves the sunshine, as, as we like to say, right? For redemption purposes. So, how do you say those those wounds have influenced you moving forward? And and are there any other wounds that you would say that that have had that profound impact on you, in the man you are today? I think the fundamental wound that predates things like exposure to porn, which I had, I was probably nine or ten when I stumbled across a Playboy magazine uh one of my fathers and what predates that is simply the the wound of 
having an emotionally unavailable dad in an unpredictable environment, um, my role in the family was kind of the the uh, peace at all cost rescuer, uh, redeemer guy who developed Jesus skills to keep everything, <coughs> excuse me, every, <coughs> everything at bay. Just the memory of these things, Steve, it just <laughs> forces things to go down the wrong hatch. I think I've learned a lot about attachment theory in the work of John Bowlby and Dr. Sue Johnson. Um, mm -hmm. Attachment, I, I'm not even sure I like the word theory because it has so much real world evidence for it. But essentially, the premise is your ability or your inability to attach to someone like a spouse is conditioned to a large extent to the way you did or did not attach to your primary caregiver. And it's normally the mother. So if you were attached to an anxious person, as I was, my mother was anxious because her, her husband's drinking was out of control. And that, that was already underway as I was being, uh, you know, uh, being born into this world. Um, the anxiety that comes with a, um, an addict in the home. And so uh, all my relationships were covered, colored by that, that fundamental um, attachment wound. And there are several different kinds of attachment styles that develop depending on the kind of primary caregiver you had there's the avoidant mm -hmm. attachment style in which you you don't want to risk being close to someone because your primary caregiver was never really there so you never presume that it would it would be safe to be yourself to be vulnerable to express the needs that you have and so on so i i developed a, a sense of that, that normal life means uh having secrets and, you know, mm. we Catholics like to say the devil loves X. Uh, he doesn't really love anything, but he loves secrets in that sense. Um, mm -hmm. And so if you can, if, if the devil can keep us bound to our, our self-imposed vow of secrecy, he can continue to uh, lie to us about who we are and about what we really need. So I think the, the, the key is to realize that you're not going to discover happiness until you discover why you exist. Uh, mm. Thomas Aquinas, I'm paraphrasing, but if you don't know what a hammer is for, it's just going to look like a strange wooden claw thing with a heavy part and a lighter part. But if you know it's for, for pounding in and removing nails, then you're off to the races. And so I think this is the great unfair advantage that we Catholics have that we, we don't have to, we don't have to look through, tomes we don't have to climb mountains uh god and jesus christ came to us and loves us before we do anything else um uh, saint paul says somewhere in romans um it, it's possible to to lose your life or you know, give you up, give up your life and sacrifice for a good person but what proves what proves that god loves us is that christ died for us while we were still sinners in other words we didn't have to do one little thing so people listening right now you are just as loved by god now as you will be when there's tears streaming down your face and yeah. you've been forgiven. Um, so that knowing that you are God's precious son or daughter is the, is the to me, the, 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 it's the ultimate healer of all attachment wounds. And, uh, you know, our Lord, while he was raised in a very solid home with St. Joseph and his Holy mother, that family knew what separation was. Jesus was separated mm -hmm. when he was 12. Um, and I just saw a meme that made me laugh. It was, remember, the, the, perfect, the perfect family um, lost track of their 12-year-old for three days. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Context, context. Uh, and, of course, yep. our Lord's sacred wounds in, in him being betrayed by Judas and letting himself be tortured and murdered for our sake. Um, Let me, if I can, if I can jump in here, there's, there's a ton, there's a ton here you're offering at Patrick. Um, it was like one of my, uh, uh, I had Father Jose Granados when I was at the John Paul II Institute, which I believe he will be a saint if he uh, continues to grow in virtue. Uh, and, and he would, in class, he would drop these, uh, he'd be dropping a lot of, a lot of beautiful ideas. It was like gem, 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 diamond, diamond, gem, gem, gem. I'm trying to keep up here. And that's kind of what you're doing here, which is beautiful. And and I think uh, a couple of elements here to, to highlight, right? One of the one of the aspects is I want to use that analogy of the hammer, right? Hammer, if we don't know what it is, um, it, it just a piece of wood with a metal on metal on. And and take pushing the analogy further, if we don't know what it is, that's for it's for hammering to to be able to construct something to obviously take something apart appropriately. We can use that to do a lot of damage. 
Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, because we don't know who we are, we've lost ourselves, and especially a lot of the brokenness that we've experienced. And, and I think uh, g- going back to what you experienced, what I've experienced in my past, that lack of healthy attachment, where we did not learn our genuine, real identity, um, we can do a lot of damage here. And I think a lot of people are doing that, and they're responding out of these tremendous wounds. And, mm-hmm. and especially if, if in the world we live in, that says your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth, there is no real objective truth, then we're just basically, in essence, firing arrows at each other. Everybody's bleeding out. This is just normal. Well, we as, as Catholics would say, it's not normal. It's not the way it was be, would be. And the fact that the pain is there, as C.S. Lewis would say to paraphrase, right? God, um, God whispers in our pleasures. He shouts as a, uh, through, our, through our pains. Uh, pain is the mm-hmm. megaphone. That God uses to rouse sleeping, sleeping, uh, sleeping world basically. So mm-hmm. I, I think for for you, you had that, you've had those those moments there, and, and I think you you also you highlighted. You didn't say this word, but you're highlighting this, and I love you to to open this up. Is the word is vulnerability, because I think we're we've been we've been sold a bill of goods, right? Especially many Catholics who have grown up, and I think this is where why we see droves of Catholics leaving the faith. We see Christians. Um, leaving faith altogether, becoming agnostic, um, is we we have to put on these these platitudes that I'm okay, you're okay, everybody's perfect, right? Whereas in, instead, where Jesus didn't come from that, he he said he makes it clear, I didn't come for the the, the healthy, but I came for the the sick. I'm the physician, the divine physician. If you don't think that you're sick, well, then I think you need to check yourself. So, what your your path, your your way forward, Patrick? Or when you discovered, because you you said you you had it around sixteen, if I if I got those numbers right, mm-hmm. you had a genuine conversion, shall we say, a, a genuine movement into faith, which was good. There, fell on rocky soil in your twenties, became a uh, for all intents and purposes an agnostic, and it was when basically your knees hit the floor, where like I can't do this on my own, that um, things open up there. What was that pathway for you? How would you describe that 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 that? coming to understand vulnerability, especially vulnerability with God and, and perhaps with others, especially was necessary. How would you describe that? Uh, that's uh, put very well, Steve. I would, I would say that my own feeling isolated and depressed and full of anxiety was my own mm-hmm. personal thorn in the flesh. And uh, in my case, my, my, I've suffered I've had a, a form of depression called dysthymia or dysthymic depression on and off since my teen years. And uh, it definitely has a bodily component to it. It, it affects the lower back. You, you get this uh, adrenal um, dump, cortisol dump, and so on. And Could so, you know, when, when we don't know what St. Paul's thorn in the flesh was, the gallons of ink has, has been spilled trying to figure out what he was referring to. Mm-hmm. But it had a bodily impact on him. Because he doesn't say the thorn of the mind, the thorn of the spirit, it's the thorn of the flesh. Yeah. Um, and Paul, who whose you know whose shadow, whose 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 words, whose prayer had miraculous power. This is one of the greatest saints God has made. He asked the Lord once, and then again, and then again to take this thorn of the flesh away from him. Jesus did not remove it, but he did say, and this is the key word: enough. My grace is enough for you. That's a very important word, enough. If you if you have enough, that okay, you have enough. It's more than 51%. You can take the next right step. You don't need this hurricane of grace. You don't need this emotional consolation all the time. See, what you need is the God of consolation, not the consolations of God. So I, I finally, I got to the point, basically because of my own stupidity, sin makes you stupid. Um, <laughs> I, I discovered that my feeling because I was weak, lost, afraid, alone. That's the conditions into which Christ stepped into my life. He did not step into my life as the risen, glorious, triumphant um, uh, rescuer, but the one who cried when his friend Lazarus died, the one who shed tears in the garden, the one who was filled with terrible affliction in the garden as he was contemplating what would be happening to him about 14 hours later. Um, it was around that time I discovered a beautiful sermon by John Henry Cardinal Newman. It's called On the Mental Sufferings of Our Lord in His Passion. And it's, boy, 
the English invented the language, but when you've got a saint with a sharp intellect as Newman has, it's a very, very powerful thing to, to meditate upon. The beautiful suffering, the savior, the, our beautiful savior suffering because he was innocent. Um, and so back to your question about vulnerability, one of the people that the Lord put in my path is a Protestant minister, writer. I have a lot of admiration for him. He writes with a real sacramental tone. His name is Reverend Gordon Dalby. I always credit Gordon, mm -hmm. D-A-L-B-E-Y. His website is abbafather.com. And I, I cite, I've interviewed um, Reverend Dalby as well. And he gave me an insight that was really life-changing. And it's his definition of a real man. And mm -hmm. it's a tautology. So it's a real man is a man who's real. Not macho, not effeminate, yeah. real. When he's in pain, cries. When something's funny, laughs. When he's irritated, he says so. Not a nice guy. I think Catholics have bought into this Jesus as nice guy. Jesus is some combination of Fred Rogers and, uh, I don't know, Bernie. You're not supposed to express God help anger. us. <laughs> yeah. You're not supposed to express anger. You're not supposed to tell people that uh, you are irritated by their behavior. And I think that's that's fatal to the to Christian life for men. The failure to be a real man okay. is the failure to be real. Okay. I need to jump in here because this is this is really, really important. And I really like a real man who's who who is real. And and I I we say many times with our, our work with clients in freedom coaching, right? A nice guy, nice means neurotic, insecure, crazy, and emotional. Fine is freaked out, insecure, neurotic. Or uh, uh, fine, uh, freaked out, insecure, crazy, and emotional, right? So mm -hmm. um, you don't want to be or neurotic and emotional. You don't want to be any of those, right? And and because I I as I've I've taught for years that you know nice guys that nailed the trees. That's what Jesus. Jesus was a real man. He was authentic. He wept at Lazarus' grave. Grave. He was angry when his when the temple was being torn under there. And uh, in fact, it was on a, a podcast that will that has been lost to history. Uh, where I was interviewing someone who was using Aquinas to say, to to have the emotion of anger is to be sinful, to be a sinner. I'm like, no, there's times to simply feel emotion. That's just an emotion, right? What we do with it, that's where virtue or vice comes in, right? And if there's a, an, an, um, an injustice that's happening, I think there would be a sin if we did not have that rise up within us. And then obviously we need to talk to God, God, what do you want me to do with that? So it comes back to, to the vulnerability that is, that is needed there. Right. And I think for, uh, for, for every man is, is the question, are we willing to let our masks down? And we can't do it to everybody, right? Like there's moments in which we have to, we have to play the game and we had to show that, but you can't live that way. Right. Because that's how life will eat at you. This is where the different attachments, pornography, alcohol, or, uh, very, any of the various attachments of games, right? We have to come, come into that. So, so for yourself, right in the, in the world, the world of distraction, if you're going to give a, an insight into that, how do you, um, how do you keep your sanity in, in, in a, in a world that has various facades of, of masculinity? What, what, what helps you to stay grounded? Uh, well, it's an imperfect uh, work in progress. Uh, I am very careful about what I allow into my mind, news-wise. Um, I used to, in a kind of knee-jerk way, I'd wake up and I'd, you know, I'd put the kettle on to start my French drip, Tim Hortons coffee, and I would scroll Twitter or or some news site, and it's all doom. It's doom porn, and that doom porn mm -hmm. would would put me on my treadmill <laughs> instead of walking in a healthy way on, on a treadmill. Uh, you don't want to start your day with news. You want to start your day as, as much as possible with quiet. Um, sit with scripture. Don't don't go half an hour. Oh, the saints said, okay, great. Uh, yeah, and if you want to win a gold medal, then you need to be up at 4 a.m. <laughs> don't start with the gold medal 4 a.m. Start with five minutes. Start with stopping. I have ADHD, okay. and, and two things that really helped me um, I'll just mention one of the two things. If you want to talk about ADHD, we can do maybe another show on the, the challenges and blessings. Sure. But what changed me big time as far as get productivity and relaxation was a time timer. Just look up time timer. I'm not an affiliate with any time timer, time although timer. I probably should be. It's like an egg timer, but as you, it, it'll, it'll time you up to 60 minutes. 
And uh, the, the, as you turn it on, let's say you're turning it to 45, well, 45 minutes are red and then you let go of the button and it slowly winds down and gives a gentle beep beep. So in your peripheral vision, you know how much time you have left. So the, the inspiration to stay on that one task until you're done that time. That is, is really great. Because then you have to think about, oh, what time is it? No, the time timer is there. It's going to tell you. And not with an annoying, meh, meh, meh. it's this is, okay, if you're wondering what 30 minutes feels like, just turn it on. And then you can crank through so much knowing with 100% certainty that there's a guardrail there. And that provides an, an additional locus of control outside yourself. If you have ADHD traits, as I do, you have, you're, you have no internal locus of control. I would have done really well mm. in the military. If someone's like calling me a maggot and get finished <laughs> in his last five push-ups, or if there's a deadline that's uh, uh, kind of surrounding me as a structure, um, I do very well with scaffolding. I don't do well as a standalone Tower of Pisa. Um, in fact, I think ADHD is not a well-named condition. Uh, I do not have an attention deficit. I have an attention overdrive. My mind has yeah. always worked like a Ferrari and uh, a Ferrari without brakes. So time timer, mm. um, uh, stay away from news uh, right off the bat. Uh, really, really, this is, this is good. What, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, uh, just conscious prayer. Uh, don't, uh, rosary's awesome. Rosary is fantastic, but rosary should be the necessary, but not sufficient. Um, and, and men, I think in particular, have a hard time doing nothing because men are taught to be human doings, not human beings. So when you're sitting quietly, preferably in front of our Lord in the sacrament, if you can make a visit to the, to a church, uh, that's actually where, where you can be recharged. You are resting and receiving. Can I tell you one? Yes. Let me let me tell, tell you a quick anecdote. I always like to credit Please. the sources. The source of this is Father Sean Kilcolly. Hey, Father Sean, if you're out there, priest of the diocese of of Lincoln, Nebraska, and has done a lot of work with uh, with clergy and lady and, and anyone else who will listen on uh, porn addiction recovery. And I was in Omaha, Nebraska, one of my last trips on the road with Catholic Answers Live, and uh, Father Sean's there. And this gentleman called. I forget what his problem was, and Father Sean asked him point blank. Uh, sir, which is more important, to love or to be loved? Now, as he said that, I thought, mm. okay, I have a master's degree in theology. I've been reading, I've been studying, debating this for, for, for years. I know the correct answer is to love. It's more important to love because you want to be like Jesus and self-sacrifice and carry your cross. And as I'm thinking this thought, Father Sean says, now, most people think that the correct answer is to love, but actually it's more Like important. my friend Patrick Kaufman. Yeah, it's... You read my mind. Crazy. Um, <laughs> it's more important to be loved. For, uh, I think it's 1 John 1, verse 4. It's in the first letter of John. Yep. It's 410. Okay. He, we love because he loved us first. Remember that uh, announcement on the airplane? In the unlikely event that the cabin pressure drops, put your mask on first. Wait a second. What about the children? Yeah, but you're not, you're not of any help to the children if you're dead. That's so correct. you have to first receive it because nemo dat quad non habet. Nemo dat quad non habet. You cannot give what you don't have. Thank you. So that, that insight was another chip removal for me. Then that means every movement that I make to prayer, every movement that I make to respond to grace to go to confession is is that it's a response i'm not the originator of it i'm a participant in something that that comes before my even decision to repent and to to make a good life choice so more important to be loved than to love amen amen and uh if i can if i can jump in here and comment uh, so many good things here uh, i want to go back so we don't lose the, the thought here um is the that whole notion of the time or one thing i've uh, practical life hacks we're all we're all life and learning different things in the redeemed vision podcast is um i always say to people right if you're having trouble focusing on like getting started on, a, on an activity if something is going to take you five minutes or less do it now if it's going to take more than five minutes pull out your calendar schedule it in and do it when that happens right and and if we're having trouble like okay now is my time to do this whatever this activity is five mm -hmm. minutes and i think that five minute timer is really good and then most importantly 
is build margin. Maybe I'm working 50 or 55 minutes, then take a walk away. Get off. Don't scroll on, on, on any social media. Get, get outside, right? Clear your head so that when it's time to come back, you come back and go to work there. I think that's really mm -hmm. important. So, and Patrick, I have I compliment you. You're doing amazingly well at focusing here in this interview. Beautiful. So, um, and, the other, and, and as you said, you can't give what you don't have. I was really writing that down here. I was typing that in uh, as a commentary. So we're, we're on the same wavelength. And I think if we're gonna take the Marie Kondo approach, right? If it doesn't bring you away, throw it out, right? It's those distractions that ultimately um, are, 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 are stealing our ability to stay in the moment, especially with people. And at the end of the day, it's not on what we can accumulate or how many skills we have, but it is in, in, in loving others. But you're absolutely right, Patrick. We must first receive love. And, and But if we're so, so distracted by, by so much of the noise, so much fear porn that is surrounding our world, then how are we supposed to receive? Because we're mm -hmm. so concerned about doing something than being who we really are. And that does require that vulnerability there, right? Yeah. So Patrick, I want to, I want to, for the, I want to, I want to make sure I respect your time, but I want to see if we can get in this. We might go a little longer with your permission. You're obviously, you've been involved in media for many, many years. Sum it up for us, for maybe people who are, are unaware, what's wrong with the media? And what can we do to fix it? Uh, what's wrong with media is what's wrong with the creators of media. And that is that they're sinners. Mm. Um, there's no, I, I know you know this. It's like Hollywood. Hollywood is an idea. Hollywood is not no longer even a zip code area. Hollywood is a community. So media is a community. And the people who run the official legacy media are all hard left, Democrat voting, pro-abortion. That's, that's the tribe. They, they've been this way since uh, after World War II. Um, and that really got off the ground off the ground in the 60s. <clears throat> but the tools of media um, are morally neutral. So like back to the hammer, you can bash someone's head in or you can build a house and, and, uh, and provide an amazing home for a family with a hammer. Um, <clears throat> I'm a very amateur student of Marshall McLuhan, the Canadian media theorist and professor of literature who coined the phrase, the medium is the message. And in McLuhan's writing, he talks about the, the different kinds of media. And he says that uh, only in one instance in history where the medium and the message are completely united, and that's in the incarnation of Christ. So the medium of God the Father is the Son, and to have seen the Son is to have seen the Father. In every other case, there's some gap between what the message is and what the messenger is presenting. And if I were to ask your, your viewers and listeners now, what, what's the biggest, the most profound tool or invention in the world of communications? Most people will jump to the telephone or the TV or the, the internet. And McLuhan takes a lot of time explaining that the, the most profound change came with the invention of the wireless radio. When Marconi in 1931 um, introduced Pope um, Pius XI in the first global radio um, announcement was by a vicar of Christ. Interestingly, Marconi himself was uh -huh. a Catholic. The wireless radio for the first time made place irrelevant. The location of the speaker and the listener is no longer part of the equation. That's much more profound than Gutenberg's printing press because with the printed word, you have to be within, you know, you have to be able to see the font that you're reading. With a speaker, you have to be within hearing distance. But with wireless radio, which is the spine of both films and television and the internet, then the distance is obliterated, which means radio is a super powerful means of evangelization. And, and I, I, I think this is borne out by the, the number of times that the sense of hearing is given a compliment in the New Testament. Um, sacred scripture never says that faith comes by smelling or touching or seeing. Faith comes by hearing. There's an immediate access, an unmediated access between the spoken word and the, and the word that is heard. And so um, if people want to create content for other people that solves their problem, that brings value and, and creates a, a relationship of service, they, there's nothing stopping them from doing it. And media doesn't have to be your own podcast. It doesn't have to be running your own company. It's the way you speak with people. 
There's a, yes. a wonderful book by Father Lawrence Lavasic. Father Lavasic used to do illustrations and kids' um, catechisms. The book's called The Hidden Power of Kindness. Great book on media. Mm -hmm. Kind of a, a more Catholic version of Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. People are moved by kindness. They're not moved by arguments. They're not moved by sharp-elbowed, super uh, high-octane opinionated people. They're moved by people who are kind and gentle and, and listen. So, um, yeah, that was a, a long-winded answer. <laughs> What's wrong with no, me? That's, that's, no, this is, this, this is Patrick, this is crazy important. And especially like our podcast name is the Redeemed Vision Podcast because I think we are losing our ability to see others as God sees them, right? And, and for, for a wide variety of reasons this is why we, we have guests like you, special guests like you, to be able to unpack this. And you, you've hit on something incredibly, incredibly important. That that notion of, of kindness, I, I think it, it forces us. In it, I, I was reading an article, and I, I can't recently, past past two months, maybe it was uh, coming out in Catholic Loop, uh, which I do recommend people to subscribe to. Um, and, and basically, one of the articles that they highlighted was, we're losing a culture, basically, of common courtesy. And what this is doing, this is very dangerous because it's it we're we are especially in the very high tech, very high paced form uh, format in society, and then we're getting into the whole discussion on AI, and that would be I'd love to maybe for another other podcast to to break that subject open, um, in in that we're beginning to lose our humanity because humanity is frail, humanity is not perfect, humanity has its uh, has its weaknesses, but it's right there that we encounter a beauty. That even the mechanistic forms of of technology can't touch, because it's the mm -hmm. it's it, this is where we 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 want that kindness, and and I think this is what's really important. I mean, one of the lines it goes: people don't care what you have to say until they know how much you care, right? Mm -hmm. Are we bringing kindness in there? And uh, and a book I would highlight, Patrick, and maybe you read it. It came out years ago. I think it was two thousand one, right after nine nine uh, two thousand two came out after the uh, nine eleven ter terrorist attacks. There was a lot of fear, and I remember myself being in fear, and a lot of the uh, buying into the media um, narrative of of being in fear of of various various skin colors and races, whatever. Um, and and the the book was called um, Radical Hospitality, and and the, the notion of and it was by a Benedict Benedictine priest whose name es escapes me here, but I remember reading this of being a, one of the stories, being on a plane, seeing uh, uh, seeing. Um, a, um, a Middle Eastern man and himself kind of stirring up in fear and then beginning a conversation with him and realizing he's just a being, right? So I think it's critically important that we, we, we break through these modalities to see people, but especially, I, I, you know, as, as the word makes it very clear to us, it starts with hearing. Are we taking time to really not just listen to people, but to hear them, to hear what they actually are yeah. saying and speaking from the heart, right? So... Thank you. And that's that is that is the that is the central modality or or the the zone we call praying. Speak, Lord, yeah. your servant listeneth. You hear God speaking yeah, to me. Well, so. if you're if you're creating your own white noise, I have a ton. I mean, I I call them the monkeys in the tree. Um, I find prayer <laughs> extremely difficult. I find it extremely challenging, and uh, this is one of the things I'm I'm excited about. Hope is fuel this new um, movement and, and will be by God's grace morphed into a, an online community, which with meetups and events and concerts. And uh, alongside of that is the Centralist Press. We have a, an author named David Torkington. It's funny you're bringing up prayer. Mr. Torkington is, uh, I regard as the master of teaching authentic Catholic prayer from the church fathers Wonderful. to the high middle ages, uh, mystical doctors, he, he really demythologizes mystical myth, mystical doctors like John of the Cross, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Teresa of Lisieux, Bernard of Clairvaux, Thomas Aquinas, Francis de Sales, um, in a way that the average person can really digest. So his first book we're, we're honored to publish in this theme is called Never Too Late to Love, Our Lady's Sublime Teaching on Prayer. And David Torkington's insight is, there's no such thing as distraction-free distraction prayer. That's why scripture calls it in the Psalms a sacrifice of praise. If you sit down and you're trying to pray, at, let's say your rosary's finished or your divine mercy's finished or your Lectio Divina's finished, and you're just sitting there, you've got 10,000 things roaring at you to distract you. 
that's okay. Just don't fight with them. Just sit with them. And they, over time, they, they do diminish. Because if you're trying to fight your distractions, now you're, now that you're playing into the devil's uh, tactic of buying into the sideshow instead of just quietly accepting, okay, I'm thinking about this thing. Um, in 15 minutes, that thing's not going to go away. So I can just, I can ignore it for now safely. Right now I'm listening. Right now I'm, I'm persevering in this moment where I feel distracted by other things. And everything we do, you and I are saying no to other things to say yes to this conversation. When this present, when this podcast is over, your listeners are going to be saying yes to a different series of things. The problem is productivity is undermined when you try to say yes and no. And if you don't have that magical list, oh, by the way, can I circle back to the other thing that helped me a lot in, as far as um, staying yeah, ordered please. and being able to listen uh, with please. peace? In addition to the time timer, I learned a method called the bullet journal. I was privileged to interview the, the creators. Tell, tell, us more, tell us about that. Yeah, the bullet journal is a, is a simple way to organize your past, present, and future that uh, it's, to me, it's a simplified version of David Allen's getting things done, the art of stress-free productivity. You, you're basically sending messages to yourself in your future so that you will, you will discover them later in your, in your bullet journal. It's not just a to-do list. It's a way to organize month after month in a way that sends you back to make sure that all the loops are closed and sends you forward to the things that are, are coming up that you don't need to do now. So it's a kind of uh, giving yourself permission to procrastinate on purpose. If you have to book airline tickets for a trip next December, don't book them now. You're going you're gonna to spend too much money. Send yourself a note that you will stumble upon in your bullet journal. Oh, this week I have to buy my tickets. Oh, I would have forgotten. I would have forgotten about that. Right? So when you give yourself permission yeah. to procrastinate on purpose because you know you are going to get to it, you are going to be accountable to it because you wrote it and you put it in a place that it will be found, that immediately takes a lot of pressure off. That's awesome. So That's very, very good. Go yeah, just and, and, and look up. Writer has a, a summary for four or five minutes called the bullet journal. I don't know how many bazillion of hits, uh, but I, I, I find it extremely helpful. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, and when you're booking the, uh, the, uh, what on, uh, any of those airplane airplane tickets, apparently it's on Tuesday on Tuesdays with cognito mode, just, a, or incognito mode on your browser. So it's a side okay. note. Um, <laughs> cause they like to track, track the, uh, the cookies and things like that. That's a side mm. note. But, um, on what you just said though, Patrick, adding this, like, I think what you're talking about with the distractions that co they come in, they're, they're inevitable. And I think uh, if I, if I remember Fulton Sheen coming back to the Cape Crusader of Catholicism, that's why I like to call him. Um, mm. he, uh, he would, he would talk about how he, he did holy hours to my knowledge every day. And, mm. um, and for 50, sometimes 58 minutes was utterly distracted. And then it was the last yes. two minutes that peace really came in there that really got focused there. So if you're in a play, if dealing with your own prayer, prayer life, if distraction is a party, part of their congratulations, you are in very, very good company there. And I, mm -hmm. I love what you're, I love what you're saying, um, Patrick is that spirit. I like to say right? when it comes in, let it come in and use that energy. It's like, okay, there it is. Accept it for what it is. Don't fight it. And then come back to center. It may take a while to come back to center, but as you grow in yeah. the skill, will get easier on that yeah right. and very lift, good lift weights lift weights get out of your get out of your thoughts go lift weights give yourself a, a simple regimen where you're accountable to yourself mm -hmm. to lift weight men yeah. need to be lifting you're going to build testosterone you're going to feel great yeah. you're going to feel sore the first week and then you're going to see that connection between saying no to bodily i'll say bodily pleasure in the sense of saying yes. no to laziness and sloth and you immediately find the the um, more pep in your step. The more the more you're lifting, the more in shape you are. The better, the more you can get done. And then you see the parallel between saying no to your flesh in working out and saying no to your distracted mind in in uh, in praying. In praying. Uh, also, I highly recommend cold showers. I did not want to do this Exodus ninety thing because <laughs> the cold showers was like torture. I could never do it. To me, a cold shower is like ten thousand daggers in my back. Forget it. Until and you're in Canada, too. I tried it. You were in Canada, I know, exactly. too. So. Yeah, that, sure, <laughs> sure, Steve. Twi Coming twist the, the knife, head. sure. Twist the knife, Steve. I forgive you. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, but, uh, penance. More penance. 100%. But uh, try it. Try it. You'll like it. No, try it. You won't like yeah. it. But it's really, really great yeah. for your health. 
cold oh, shower. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't know we were going to talk about cold shower. No, I remember. I it's, the key thing is you like you just don't think about it. Go, just turn yeah. your head, pray through it, and then get out of there. Talking within three minutes, and then what happens is it's it's like fasting. It's a fasting for another another form of fasting for our body. When you mm. get out of that shower, yeah, you might there's going to be some shivering, perhaps some things like that. But what you find out is you're more refreshed. And especially if you're doing it during the colder months, you're actually warmer. That's the ironic thing. It's when we say no to the good, then we Mm -hmm. come here. That's the great paradox. I was going to say, if you step out of a hot steaming shower, you're shaving, you're getting ready. That's when you shiver. If you come out of a, a, a a cold shower, you, you roar back to warmth. It's crazy. It works. Yeah, I, I try convincing my wife. Good, <laughs> I'll okay. I'll leave that I'll leave that one alone. But I mm-hmm. um I, I want to before we move on to something completely different, Patrick. I do want to ask this. Going back to uh, ideas on media, you obviously have been involved with uh, you know many many discussions, many interviews. If you if you are able to, this is uh, maybe an impossible question. Top two or three interviews that you ever gave. Who were they? Why were they so impactful? Hmm. That's kind of like, which of my kids do I love the most? <laughs> exactly. Which is easy because some of them are annoying. <laughs> no, terrible joke. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, I would have to say my fourth interview with Jordan B. Peterson was, I think, important. Uh, I went full metal Catholic with, with uh, Jordan on, on the, the theme of moving from a Jungian archetypal approach to scripture to a historical incarnational one that was uh that was my first i think i crossed the the million mark the rubicon before i was uh permanently banned from youtube for running the truth over fear summit with bobby kennedy jr a different story for a different day um i think uh Another one that comes to mind is a stuntman named Garrett Warren, who was shot in the face, mm. lost his right eye oh uh, in, a re- in a revenge murder attempt by an ex-wife. And in that moment, when he's bleeding out in Westlake, California, he uh, had the grace to forgive the, the would-be killer wow. and his, his ex-wife. That case stayed cold for three years. There's an NBC piece on it. Garrett is one of the top stuntmen in Hollywood. And uh, wow. it brought him back to his Catholic faith. And the, the, the wife and the killer are, in, are in, in jail for a long, long time. So that was a really fascinating interview. Um, wow. I love talking to Jose Feliciano, the, the um, blind guitar phenom, uh, just on, on just his insights into music and, and the sense of sight and his own Catholic faith. Um, boy, often it, it's a... A conversation with someone who's not well known that really that really lands on me um anyone who's who's overcome suffering or a trial and has a, has a, a lesson for other people those that's those are the people i'm drawn to um i don't the need celebrities. celebrities yeah yeah most most celebrities are are flash in the pan they have one thing about one topic but there's often not this rich meaty depth to people who've who've drunk from the chalice yeah, and I think I think to sum up, maybe to put a bow on this this uh, this interview to, for today, it's our it's our vulnerability which opens us up, which is going to open up the suck, which is going to open up uh, up sometimes to re- sometimes to rejection and hurt and pain. Um, that's not the end of the story. That there is redemption that can be found in there, and I think especially at the end of the day, it's not it's not about popularity. It's not about um, how much you can impress someone. But are you going to be with me? Are you going to? I mean, coming back to to attachment, we want healthy attachment. But are you going to be able to be real as a person that I can approach you and enter into? Because at the end, because at the end end of all things, right? If we are chosen, shall we say, if we allow the love of Jesus Christ to rapture us, we are brought into that eternal wedding feast where we are we are known fully and we know fully. Right. And we are loved fully and we love fully. Right. So um, thank you, Patrick. It's, it's, yeah. it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And, and I thank you for especially in, in seeing a lot of the work that you do. Um, you are nothing less than real with people. And that's beautiful. Thanks. Thanks, watch. Steve. I appreciate it.
Yeah, hopeisfuel.com. Uh, yeah, tell, tell, real, and, real quick, yeah. real quick mm-hmm. on that. How can people get involved? I forgot to mention the best way for people to get in touch with you. Um, wh- why hope is fuel? What, 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 what brought that about? Real quick, because I know I'll be talking yeah. to Ryan, uh, Ryan Murillo, Murillo, uh in a uh, future podcast. But yeah, please mm-hmm. share. Yeah, Ryan, uh, Ryan Moreau, my uh, kind of co-founder of Hope is Fuel, got the URL back in a, around the year 2013. Um, he and I met a few years ago and had so much in common and finished so many of our sentences. Um, uh, Ryan is really leading the charge on essentialist press. Um, I was, well, that's a whole other, that's a whole other topic. Um, hope is fuel is not just a URL. It's an attitude. It's a a mindset. It's going to be, um, a membership community or people who are, are, are tired of being tired, who don't really Mm -hmm. fit in with establishment Catholic media circles necessarily who don't want to keep talking about church politics, who don't want to continue to consume the black pill. See, once you, uh, I'm, I'm writing a book called the seven, it's called beyond red and blue, the seven pills of life. When you go from blue pill to red pill, Oh, I'm red pilled. Well, there's, that's not the final pill. The final pill is the God pill and that's heaven. And it might not even be a pill because it's very mysterious what the beatific vision is going to be. Um, but the gold pill is is the one that goes between or is meant to go between the red pill and the God pill. And the gold pill is the sacramental grace that you get from confession mm-hmm. in the Eucharist. That's the food for the journey. The black pill is something very, very common. It's very popular temptation to, to consume the black pill. What is that? Despair. Yes. I got the red pill. Life sucks. Now what? Mm. Black pill. The church is corrupt. The bishops are bad. This, that, and the other in the Vatican is horrible. Black pill. You're not allowing Logos to rise in that. You're not allowing your life story to be a chapter and not the entire story. If you're focused on that negativity and that, then you're back into to a baptized version of the same fear porn. Get out of that loop. The one universal thing that everyone feels is a sense of hopelessness, and we have to get it back. Uh, so hope is is both a gift and it's a choice. So we, we run uh, online courses. Um, we're, I'm so tired of the word summit. We don't know what to call them anymore, <laughs> uh, which is why we want to. <laughs> Just not a synod. Yeah, right. No, no. <laughs> a, a nod to sin, a sin nod, right? Amen. Um, so that's that's a good a good hub to connect with us. Um, hope is fuel. People Fantastic. all the world Wonderful. doing the same thing. So thanks for asking. Amen. No, no, and you're, you're welcome. Again, I want to, we'll, we'll, we'll be touching base more on that because I, I think it, it's so important to realize as, as dark as the darkness is, right? Dark has not overcome the light and we must be people of hope, especially as things, things break down, right? And I, we would humbly say here that it's because of the pornify culture of breaking down the foundations of civilization. The, at the end of the day, the church will still be there and we must be people who are, are integ- as integrated as possible because we've been loved, because we've allowed these wounds um, to be healed so that our scars attract others with love and grace, right? And say, there's a reason for this thing happening. Come, let me hear your story. Come enter in. There's a reason for this. And there's um, there's hope here. There's great hope here. So thank Preach. you, Patrick. Thank you, Steve. Amen. 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 So as I, as I warned you, um, now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna come forth on this. We have something called the Twelve, and and because I was thinking more uh, about you and your story, what I've what I've known of your story, I have actually two plus questions, and these are um, they're basically basically kind of off the top of your head. Don't think too much about them. Just kind of first answer that comes to mind, and um, just to help our audience to get to know you a little better. So are you so ready this, for the this plus is, two? This is the thing we pre-rehearsed beforehand, right, Steve? <laughs> exactly. Uh, no. <laughs> wink, wink. No, fire away. Exactly. Um, Here we go. I'm buckled Number up. One. Number one, peanut butter, creamy or crunchy? Oh, creamy. Oh, uh, we, we have we'll have to have a conversation about that. Number two, um, if you could be any Star Wars character, who would you be? The key grip on the set. <laughs> Going back to your early days with Lucasfilm. Good. Um, number three, um, what's your desert island food? Scallops. <laughs> We're very literal. Okay, good. Number four, beer or wine? Oh, I don't drink. Oh, you don't drink? Okay, there you go. 
Okay, there you go. Oh, that's obviously. Thank you very much. Good. Um, number five. Um, what is your most memorable Christmas gift that you received growing up? Flashback 500. Uh, coolest bike in the world. I was probably 10. Flashback. Did it have like flashback. streamers? I put streamers on and, and okay. the, the little, uh, the playing cards with the, uh, with the clothespin to make it sound more Harley like awesome. fastback 500. Awesome. Great. Greatest Christmas. Gift. All right. I got to look at that. Awesome. Uh, number six, what is your bucket list country or city? Uh, T Brazil. Why? It's a medieval town on the coast, and the, the coastline of Brazil is exactly the same. Very, very similar to the coastline of Nova Scotia. Beautiful. P-A-R-A-T-Y. Paraty, Brazil. Okay. I, I didn't even know this existed. Thank you for uh, illumining me. Thank you. Uh, number seven, if you could have any, have one superpower, what would it be? Uh, the power to remove past mistakes. Oh, that's sweet. That's beautiful, right? Actually, a total side. I know you are a media a media junkie uh, to a degree. There's something. I guess there's a movie coming out where uh, the guy can rewind the last six seconds. Um, looks mm. kind of interesting. It's a good. So I, I can't remember the name of. It. It looks interesting. Um, number eight. Have you seen the Chosen? Only the proof of concept pilot episode. Uh, I was suitably okay. impressed. I've never seen a single episode of the Chosen apart from that. Different okay. cast. Okay. I, okay. Interesting. Interesting. I do encourage you uh, to continue that journey. It has something to say. I think it's okay. well done. So, um, number nine, on that point, if you can only choose one, Patrick, this is going to be very difficult. What would be your desert island movie? And I don't mean you're on a desert island with a volleyball. Got you. Uh, that would be the greatest film ever made and possibly the greatest film ever will be made, which is It's a Wonderful Life. I, I, that is a movie, Patrick, that wrecks me every single mm -hmm. time. Well, um, reminds me of my father and that's a, that's a, yeah. that's a story. George Bailey, I love you um, till the day I die. Amen. Amen. And if I have the moon, I'll pull them for you. So, yeah. um, number, number 10, um, what do you want written on your tombstone besides your name and date? Uh, be a saint. What else is there? Amen. Amen. Well said. Uh, number 11, um, if, if you did have to, if you could only choose one saint, who would be your favorite? Mm. You're pushing me here. I know you're welcome. St. Francis de Sales. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful choice. The devout life. Very well done. Mm. Good. Um, Number 12, I've never asked anyone this on this list before. So you're, you're the first up on this. If you could get everyone to see the world as you do, what would that look like? What would that world look like? If I could get everyone to see the world as I do, uh, the world would look like a place that was made for your blessing and benefit because God in that world is always drawing unforeseeable, unimaginable goods out of evils that seem in the moment to be intractable. Oh, okay, that's a t-shirt right there. I love it. Yeah, love will, it. It, will, it, will it all fit? <laughs> we'll make it fit. Uh, uh, font 14. Um, right. <laughs> number, number 13, if you had to be martyred, how would you like to go out? Oh, anything that's super quick. <laughs> no pain. We're out. Okay. Yeah. Here's I, my, my philosophy. Not, not is, no, no, my, my philosophy of life. No pain. No pain. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Last here, Patrick, why be Catholic? Why be Catholic? Because all of creation was made for the sake of the church. The church is the unified coupling of God and man, the wedding feast that will never end, takes place in the church that Christ founded. And as St. Joan of Arc said in her trial, when the cardinals who were <clears throat> judging her were trying to trip her up, 
she said about Jesus Christ in the church, I only know their one thing and we shouldn't complicate the matter. Well said, well said. And if I can give one plug, Patrick, before we, we close here, um, on formed.org, they have a beautiful 10 part audio series on St. Joan of Arc, which I recommend to all to, to, mm -hmm. to listen to. That is well said. Patrick Coffin, an honor to have you on the Redeemed Vision podcast. Um, a blessing on the work you're doing. I know that we will we'll stay in touch. I'm, I'm going to sum up here, and then I'll, I'll uh, we'll talk to you right after this. Sounds good. So thank it's you so much. For thank you, brother. Appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. And uh, for all of us at the uh, the Redeemed Vision podcast, an honor to be with you. And as you just heard um, from Patrick Coffin, uh, the media and anything be redeemed. Nothing is wasted. Everything is redeemable. So open your heart to that and have hope. May everything we do give glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Until next time, I'm Steve Picorni, and God bless. The Redeemed Vision Podcast is an outreach of Freedom Coaching. To learn more, check out freedom-coaching.net. And follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Movie.